This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. It is I, it is Memphis, and with me, back for the start of our 2019 season. That's right, it's January 2nd as you listen to this. And back with me, after a couple of weird weeks, we call them the holidays here in the States, it is the man of the hour, it is the man with the power, it is Jerry Sin. What is going on, Jerry Sinclair? Nothing, man. I'm sitting here next to my championship trophy from my home league. And I'm looking back at it, and it is looking so pretty, my friend. Nothing wrong with a little championship trophy. Well, man, listen, it's good to have you back. We've got a wonderful show for these fine people today. Uh, And before I bring on our guest, because I I mentioned it just a minute ago, we are in the middle of the 2019 season. This is episode one of 2019. So... What we're going to do is now through the rest of the regular off-season, I guess we'll say until September, it'll be Jerry and I, and we're going to have a lot of guests. And I'm going to you know, bring on our guests here in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to wrap up some questions I've been asking, or getting asked rather, on Twitter. Uh, questions about you know the Listener League. Listen, all of you people will have your Listener League email and everything, direct message on Twitter by this weekend. So I've got everything. After the show, Jerry and I will draw a winner for the FFstatistics.com premium membership, courtesy of my friend Addison Hayes, at AmazeHayes underscore on Twitter. So we've got a lot of new stuff going on. But before we get into all that, you know, since Jerry and I, the fellas, are back together, we thought we'd bring on the fella. You know, this is the Dynasty podcast of the people. This is the fella. This is Kyle August of the FF fellas. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here on the Dynasty Warzone. Looking forward to kicking this year off with you guys. So I'm also sitting next to a home league trophy. So uh, it, it feels a, so good, doesn't it, it? It feels so, so damn good. I went back to back in that league. So I, I've spent, you know, the last week or so rubbing that in um, <laughs> a, a little bit, a little salt in the wound there for the rest of my league mates. But man, it's good times and I'm, I'm looking forward to this show with you guys. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So before you jump into what you want to talk to these fine people about, uh, how's your partner? Uh, Tell us about the the show, what you got going on, uh, what your off-season looks like. I mean, Jerry and I are going to be here every Wednesday. Might drop some bonus shows in there as well. But tell us what's going on with you and your guys' podcast. Yeah, so Seth and I, of course, the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast, if you haven't heard uh, us before. Uh, you know, we're usually redraft focused during, you know, the NFL season, but we kind of talk all things fantasy. So, uh, we'll be wrapping up the month of January talking, you know, we did a, uh, a breakouts episode looking back at 2018. We'll do a bust episode, those types of things, but we'll be rolling into, uh, some off season content that will include a breakdown of like coaching changes. We're going to look a lot at the NFL draft and talk some dynasty as well. Um, and our show is a pretty nice pairing with the Warzone podcast here because we drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, in the mornings uh, in the off season. So uh, we're looking forward to a very uh, fun off season here as we look you know ahead to 2019. So you can follow us on Twitter at the FF Fellas and uh, be sure to subscribe and, and we'd love to get you guys over on our podcast as well. But uh, we have great guests 
uh, on there uh, throughout the off season, and hopefully get you two gentlemen on there. So you have great guests, and you had me. So you have yes. great guests and me. So I was on, I think it was a week or so ago. You, uh, you yeah. always wrote me into uh, family-fused style fantasy trivia and make me and your co-host Seth look like <laughs> monkeys. But that's cool. But listen, the reason why we wanted to bring you on, because we're going to have you guys back on next week with Seth. Um, we're going to look back at our biggest hits and misses from 2018. But before we get into all that, not all of our listeners you know, do DFS. Maybe they they don't want to invest the money. Maybe they want to invest, you know, their 50 or 25 or whatever bucks to play in a a season-long head-to-head style league. But you and Seth are doing something over at the fellas that's free and fun and something that will make the playoffs a little bit more interesting. I partook in this last year. I'm sure Jerry's going to jump into it this year. Tell our listeners about the free contest that you and Seth are running for the playoffs. Yeah, so we're doing a playoff contest uh, for the show. This is going to be over on my fantasy league. It's going to be free to enter. Um, it's a really cool way to keep fantasy football going throughout the postseason. So, uh, in essence, you're just picking a lineup from the player pool of available players that are going that weekend uh, and trying to set the best lineup possible. It's total points over the entire course of the playoffs. But the catch is you can only use each player one time. So you also have to kind of predict a little bit on who you think is going to be available to play later on in the playoffs, but also not miss out on those big games that these players are going to have. So uh, you can sign up for the contest. Like I said, it's free to enter. You just head over to our website, thefantasyfootballfellas.com. Just give us your email address, and we'll get you an invite to that. Um, we got upwards about 60 teams already in there right now. So looking forward to a really good competition with the listeners and people on Twitter and things. Um, and the winner of the league will get a free fantasy football fellas t-shirt. So, uh, like I said, it's a great way to keep fantasy football going as uh, we inch closer and closer to the real off season where we just all count down the days to September. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to look real good in an extra schmedium fantasy football fellas t-shirt <laughs> when I win this thing, Jerry, you're jumping in this, right? Oh, Yes. Don't threaten me with a good time, Randy. Oh, man. I I did this last year, and you guys used a different hosting platform last year, but it was a lot of fun, and I got to interact with a lot of your redraft listeners. So, listen, we could talk about your free contest all day, but uh, it was was a bit of of a newsy couple of days, so let's get into the news. This is the news. The day is called Black Monday, Uh, not to be confused with Black Friday, that's in November where we shop ourselves into poverty. Um, Black Black Monday is a day where a lot of NFL head coaches ate this year, as a matter of fact, which is 25% of the league. Now walk in your office, wherever you work, the break room, the lounge, look around and imagine that 25% of those people got fired in one day. It's crazy, but uh, in the NFL, they're not afraid to give you one of these. So yeah, eight eight teams fired their head coach yesterday. The Cardinals, Bengals, Dolphins, Broncos, Jets, Buccaneers, and the Packers and Browns fired theirs earlier in the regular season. So I'll start with Jerry. Which one of these jobs would you want the most if you were a head coach candidate? Hey, that's tough. Um, you know, I think I would go the Buccaneers, as weird as that sounds. Like, the Packers seem flashy because they're a good organization. They have Aaron Rodgers. He's getting up there. They have Devontae Adams, and that's good, too. Buccaneers. 
young quarterback. He's had his ups and downs, but with a good creative mind with him, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, we'll see what Ronald Jones does. But, you know, if they can upgrade, they got O.J. Howard, too. That's just a good young core that I like a ton. I mean, the Jets have Darnold, but, you know, that might not be a guy that you wanted as a coach. You know, you might want your guy. I mean, you could say the same thing about Winston, but you're faster to getting rid of him if you don't like what you see. Um, as far as 25% of the people in your job getting fired, I don't know where you work, Randy, but my day would be so much better if that happened most days. <laughs> well, the people that work under me, that would not be cool. I, I love my team. Now, the, the, the group that works above me, upper management, yeah, I have no problem with that. So, Kyle, you're the hot head coaching candidate. You're, uh, you're Lincoln Riley, and every NFL team mm-hmm. wants to hire you. Which one of these jobs is the most appealing to you? Yeah, and this one is an answer that probably wouldn't have given any other year um, in the history of the NFL. But for me, I think the most interesting um, landing spot is in Cleveland um, with the Browns. Baker Mayfield has shown, you know, he broke the the rookie record for touchdown passes. I think he's going to be, you know, the real deal. Uh, the hype train is obviously just going out of control right now for him. But I think he is definitely a, a top 12 quarterback in this league um, and with the pieces they have around him like on defense Denzel Ward looked pretty good this year despite injuries um, Garrett's been an absolute monster I, I really like the P- the young core that they have you add in you know Nick Chubb Jarvis Landry and Joku um, even Callaway on the offensive side you're walking into a situation that they found their quarterback they don't need to keep throwing darts uh, at that position in the draft and they can just focus on drafting for need um, so I, I really like Cleveland situation and really too that division is wide open. Um, you know, I, you know, Baltimore won it this year with Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about Pittsburgh, I'm sure, on this show and, and the things that went down there. And, and But there could be a changing of the guard. So for me, it's the Browns. Well, initially I was going to go the Browns as well. But upon looking at it a little bit deeper, and it would be a tougher job from a division, I did not take that aspect into it. But I would take the Denver Broncos. This is a team with, I don't want to say an elite, but a still a very, very good defense. You've got two great pass rushers in Von Miller and Chubb. You've got a, just a good overall defense. Um, I like the offense. I like the young, very young weapons in Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay. And I think that one of those tight ends, whether it be Jake Butt or Troy Fumagalli, can break out there. So, and Denver, just the actual city, the mile-high city, it can be its own home-field advantage. That's still one of the tougher places to play in all the NFL. So, they've got a top 8-10 to 10 draft pick, and I think they'll wind up with a quarterback. So, I, I would go with the Broncos. So, my follow-up question to this, before we hit a couple other small pieces of news, is which one of these offenses is going to be most fantasy relevant in 2019? This time I'll reverse it. I'll go to Kyle. Uh, well, of the, of the teams that are going to have new coaches. Yeah. Of these eight teams, mm. um, provided okay. the, the, the right candidate, whether you consider that to be Bruce Arians, I, I mentioned mm. Lincoln Riley earlier, uh, Adam yeah. Gase's name's been thrown around it a lot, which is weird because he got fired from the dolphins. But which one of these teams is going to produce the best fantasy goodness in 2019? Yeah. And this, I'm going to go, Hmm. I might go with, uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Tyler Boyd this year. So I think when you're looking at all these situations, you're talking about a top 12 running back uh, this year, despite uh, the struggles that they had there, a top, you know, 
12 wide receiver, despite AJ Green a little bit older. And then you look at what Tyler Boyd did this year, and he finished, I think, wide receiver 17 um, on the season, and that was missing a couple games and not having his quarterback. So as much as I like the Brown situation, as far as if I was a coaching candidate for fantasy upside, uh, I'm interested to see what the Bengals are going to do, finally getting a fresh face uh, as their head coach for the first time in a very long time, long overdue. I think that's a good call. Jerry, which yeah, one? Yeah, I, I was jobs? actually going to second the Bengals too, just because I feel like Marvin Lewis has been just a cancer upon that team. He's he's in the same realm as Jeff Fisher. You just you see all the talent that's around there, and you just you never got the full potential. You knew Todd Gurley was good, and the moment he was gone, what happened? The dude was good, and I that's what I want with Joe Mixon. That's why I've been such a Joe Mixon pessimist, because I just didn't like Marvin Lewis. And I feel like if you get a good creative offensive mind in there that can instill just it, that's that's the only way I can do it. If they can get it into the Bengals with guys like Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and AJ Green and everything, I, I'm I'm not going to argue with Kyle. I think that was perfect. Well, I, I don't dislike the Bengals, and I'm a little disappointed both of you forgot about Tyler Eifert, his bad back, and his <laughs> mullet. But I am going to go south, and I'm going to go the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And just for some of the reasons that I think Kyle mentioned earlier, Jameis looked really good the other day, and he has only thrown, I believe it's two interceptions over the last eight games of the season. So he's shown progression from the quarterback. Again, Ronald Jones, I don't know what else they'll do if they'll re-sign Peyton Barber. But look at the weapons. you got Adam Humphreys. Looks like Deshaun Jackson will be gone, but you still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. And Florida is a great destination for free agents. Florida has no state income tax, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I believe in Indiana, our state income tax is 7.5%. If, if you make, let's say, $1 million, that's seventy-five grand you got to give to the state of Indiana. In Florida, you don't have that. So there are a lot of uh, potential there. But overall, I'm going to go the Buccaneers just based on the talent in there. So that is our head coaching Black Monday, you got fired. Uh, recap: What we will have more on this when these positions get filled. But I mentioned this last week, and I mentioned it on Twitter. Now is your short window to go out and buy, because the minute that that A plus candidate, let's say Bruce Arians, winds up in Cleveland, he's mentioned several times that's a job that he likes, and Bruce Arians does really good things with. Well, look what he did with David Johnson in 2016, just, just a, as an example. That's going to cause Cleveland players' value to go up. So before that window you know, closes and the value is out of these teams, go out and buy. Kick some tires and, and see what you can get on these guys. So uh, I'm going to let Jerry take I, – I didn't make you a drop, Jerry. If I had thought about it, I'd uh, queued up some uh, Wizard of Oz, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. The Lions – have uh, mutually parted ways with Jim Bob Cooter. Jerry, what you got, man? <laughs> yeah! Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little excited about it. I, I, he was awful. Anyone that watched the line, I mean, Stafford played bad. Don't let I'm going to calm down. I'm going to take a little breath. Stafford played bad. But that's a man that can make any throw. He can win you the game if he has it. And Jim Bob Cooter just limits him. It's like someone in a wheelchair and you just lock it so they can't go anywhere. And that's what Jim Bob Cooter has been to the Detroit Lions since he has been named, since Joe Lombardi got fired, who was poop as well. 
Randy. Hey, please, please let someone come to this city and save this cursed organization. Well, you're you're hoping to get what Cleveland got. You you got your quarterback, so you're not going to get a Baker Mayfield type, but you need someone to bring the confidence back. And if you go back to the preseason or if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, I'm probably the like the vice president of the Matthew Stafford fan club. I mean, this is a guy who's been, you know, habitually throughout his career, like the seventh through ninth best quarterback in dynasty in, in fantasy football, and he hasn't been this year. So uh, a great rebound candidate to look to buy. But, Kyle, anything to add on this uh, Lions situation with JBC out the door? No, I mean, <laughs> I think the reaction is, is definitely shared by anyone that owns Matthew Stafford in Dynasty Leagues this year. It was definitely one of the weirdest situations. You know, he's been so consistent and, and he's, you know, very, I still think very talented. But this year was nuts um, to see him only 21 um, touchdowns throwing on the year. So uh, interested to see who they bring in there. And I want to see this offense uh, get a little, uh, get a boost. We all want Kenny Galladay. We all want carry on. Just get somebody to have those guys get all the touches. Let let me see it. They're dynamic. Make them dynamic. So you think that getting the ball in your best player's hands will help you win football games. Interesting. It's, it's, in, it's the opposite of the Hugh Jackson theory. Gotcha. So let's talk about <laughs> something else that was very interesting that I woke up to uh, the other day, and that was Mike Mayock, the – for lack of a better term, he's the Mel Kuyper Jr. of the NFL Network. He's like their draft guy. You know, he's always giving you the big board and everything. Well, he's going to be creating draft boards and big boards, and he's going to be doing it for John Gruden and uh, Al Davis's son, Mark, out there in uh, Raiders land. I don't even know what city to, to claim them. Are they the Vegas Raiders? Are they the Oakland Raiders? Uh, who knows? But, Kyle, did this strike you as odd when you saw that? This would be like, like Mike Colts hiring Mel Kuyper Jr. to be the GM. I found this to be odd. Yeah, it's been weird. Uh, you've been seeing more and more like the, these TV guys getting um, opportunities at jobs. You know, we'll see. Um, one of the things that also came out today was the list of uh, teams that could be forced into appearing on Hard Knocks. And the Raiders are one of those teams uh, based off their criteria and, and, you know, a whole long list of things that makes you potentially eligible for the league to force you <laughs> to have HBO on uh in, in your training camp, but with Gruden being there and, and Mayock now, and then the whole drama of where they're going to be at, as far as like you mentioned, the city, um, I think they could, we could get an up close look at this organization. It's definitely interesting um, to see. Uh, I, I guess we'll see if uh, he's able to turn that organization around. Well, it's going to be, but you said that, that, that they could wind up on hard knocks. I tell you what, I could get attacked by a gang of rabid squirrels. <laughs> But they're definitely going to wind up on Hard Knocks. Are you kidding me? If you're a TV executive right now, sitting around the HBO, you know, office buildings, and you're starting to look at teams for Hard Knocks, if you don't pick mm -hmm. the Raiders, you're a dummy. Jerry, anything on Mayock and Gruden and these Raiders? No, I like to make uh, Mike Mayock's draft stuff. So I mean, that that sort of sucks that I'm missing out on that. But that's just me being selfish. Um, no, I agree. I liked him on NFL Network too. You know, as a, as a GM though. Wait and see. I mean, I've seen, I saw Matt Millen be our GM. He went from the booth to the GM, and that was the worst stretch of a horrendous organization's time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just sit back because I don't know what to expect from the Raiders. So, you, I'm just going to watch and enjoy the show. 
Well, I'm, I'm, before we end this, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on this. What, what if the NFL Network goes out and steals Todd McShay away from ESPN, and then the real hate that I believe that, that exists between McShay and Kuyper actually comes out on, on air? It would be <laughs> great. But speaking of drama, let's talk about some drama. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Mel Kuyper will throw a football at Todd McShay the same way that Antonio Brown allegedly threw a football at Ben Roethlisberger then skipped a couple of practices. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers said that he had a knee issue, but in all actuality, he was just being suspended from the game. He was on the the sidelines in a fur coat that would make a 1970s pimp proud. Well, Jerry, what do you got on all this Steelers drama? Footballs and fur coats and all this. Wide receivers always have to be divas, man. They, he's just He's just another and a long, long line of that position doing it. I mean, this is the same guy that in his college team picture had gold teeth in. So not, not a huge surprise that he wanted to rock the, the pimp coat. If he drove in a pink Cadillac, it would have been even better. It, it would have been even better. And, uh, and this is a family podcast. So instead of the word pimp, we're going to switch it to professional gentleman of leisure. So Kyle, <laughs> anything on these Steelers? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I've been, this is kind of new uh, news as far as like how this could affect what Pittsburgh can do. Um, from what I've seen um, from some people too that have insights on how the salary cap, you know, is working with this situation, is that the Steelers are on the hook for like 22 million or 21 million, regardless of where AB plays next year. So um, I don't I claim to be an expert on that or whatever, but people that you know I trust and like to follow on Twitter have already kind of spoken up about like, hey, he's probably not going anywhere because they're gonna have to pay this man. Regardless, now he, he just came off a great season, 15 touchdowns and everything, but the drama is real in Pittsburgh, and they don't really seem to know how to defuse it there. Um, a coincidence as well that Juju Smith-Schuster was named the MVP uh, by his own teammates like around this same time. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's Ego City down there in, uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and I'm like, Pittsburgh's out Clevelanding Cleveland. Because normally Cleveland's the poop show and their house is on fire and everything's a wreck. But now Cleveland's got Dorsey, the GM. They've got Baker at quarterback. They're looking for a head coach. They've got a good defense. Hopefully they hire Freddie Kitchens. But you see stability in Cleveland, and now Pittsburgh's the poop show. With the the head coach and the the guy uh, doing the fake punt, not getting it, but sell it. it's just, just a drama city. So, uh, But I will say with A.B., time does heal all wounds. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking I don't of- know what he's complaining about, really. I mean, look, I just pulled up his game just to be sure here. Over 100 catches again, almost 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. Like, it's clockwork every single year. It's not like he's not getting looks. I don't know what his deal is, but like you said, time, time will tell, and, and maybe it'll just straighten this situation out. It, he's been the most consistent fantasy wide receiver since Marvin Harrison with Peyton Manning. It's, it's been crazy, and that, but if he could act a little bit like Marvin Harrison outside of allegedly shooting at people to car wash, that would be great. <laughs> I was hoping you were. Oh, how, how could I not? Low-hanging fruit. So listen, low-hanging fruit. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette. Uh, according to sources, he has had his guaranteed money cut out of his rookie contract. Now there's rumor that they could trade him, and they did this to make him more appealing to be traded. The uh, general manager and head coach – uh, the, the, the general manager being Tom Coughlin, they, they benched him and they've benched uh, T.J. Yeldon the, the last few games for, I guess, not being super involved and laughing on the bench. 
during a, a game where they were getting their butts whooped, which I really, I really couldn't identify that because that was a lot of the games this year. But I find this odd out of Tom Coughlin, and I've heard no one else say this, so I'm going to put myself over. But we're talking about a guy who tolerated Odell Beckham Jr. fighting kicking nets, peeing in the end zone like a dog. And, and Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon, quote-unquote, seemed disinterested in the game. And, and come on, man, Really? You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's one thing when these guys are acting like knuckleheads and, and you're winning and playing in the you know, AFC championship game, but nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And uh, before I hand this off to Jerry, I've been asked this a lot about Leonard Fournette and about Antonio Brown. They're like, should I sell? Should I sell? You know, what, what should I do? And from a dynasty standpoint, you do nothing unless you can buy either one of these guys dirt cheap based on this information because all you're doing is giving away value. Because a savvy buyer is going to be like, well, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm taking a lot of risk here. You know, he's lazy, and uh, I, I'll give you this because that's all that's going to happen to you. So hold on, something, something's going to happen. You, you'll get your value back, but if you instant react, you're going to lose value. So Jerry, I'm going to hand it over to you. What, what do you got on old uh, Leonard? <laughs> Man, if it's not one thing or another with this dude, Shane Manila just wrote a good piece on why it's time to sell Leonard Fournette. I read through it and I really liked it, but you know, it also doesn't say sell him for a sack of nickels either. Um, so I, I agree with you on that one, Randy. Don't, don't do something stupid. It now is the best time to do dynasty trades because, you know, a lot of people are disinterested because the playoffs just ended and the seasons, you know, the fantasy season's over so, so you can get some good deals. Don't be the guy that gives someone else a good deal. You still know Leonard Fournette is good and can get 25 carries. And no matter which team the boy plays on, he's going to be productive. The best thing so that could happen to him is if he was to wind up on a different team. Winning, winning teams yeah. produce the best fantasy running backs. Kyle, am I missing that? That, that, does that sound accurate to you there, Mr. Redraft Specialist? <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I, and I mentioned this on our show when we uh, drop in uh, actually the same day as, as you guys this week. Um, when we talked about this news. I agree. I mean, his situation, um, I think, has can go nowhere but up. You know, if he, okay, if he stays on the Jags, whatever, same situation. They'll try to feature him because they don't have a quarterback, right? But if he goes anywhere else, I'm not quite sure his offense is going to be any worse, right? So, like you guys were saying, if you're the Fournette owner, you know, hold hold on uh, to him. But if you're looking to acquire him, I think this is a great time to do it. I'm going to take a few shots just to see if somebody's worried about um, this situation because I think it can't really get any, you know, a worse situation for Leonard Fournette. So if he moves on to another team, I think that's just going to increase his value. Kyle, I've once said uh, you can't fall off the floor. I've tried. <laughs> you ever been so drunk you woke up with two hands full of carpet? Well, anyway, coming this off. Year? No, well, it's, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while for me, but uh, so so that's the news, and so this show's title is the obligatory awards show because it seems like every fantasy and dynasty based podcast has got an award show. So Jerry and I were like, fine, we'll have an award show too, but we had to do the dynasty war zone version. So. Jerry and I have created some, some awards that we'd like to hand out to some players. And, uh, you know, we can, we can start this right now. Uh, the first award of tonight's show is going to be entitled the Commissioner of the Year. I thought that each one of us could take a second and shout out a commissioner 
in one of our many leagues that we're in that deserves a shout out. So without further ado, I'm going to roll my commissioner of the year out. And my commissioner of the year is John Sheps. John was the original host of the Dynasty Warzone. But I tell you, and I know Kyle's in a league with, with John as well. And this guy, the league's over. People start to, you know, pack it up and, you know, they, they, they start doing whatever they do when they're not a super active owner. But John's out there. He's keeping everybody engaged. He's already getting orphans new owners he's adding new stuff he's taking stuff away he's making sure that people are voting to get the payouts paid out on time i cannot say and this is in two different leagues with john and i he and i are in two separate leagues so my award for the commissioner of the year for 2018 goes to john sheps kyle who is your commissioner of the year yeah this is a a buddy of mine that uh he wanted this was a guy five years ago who i couldn't get into our home league he, he, all the other guys that we hang out with regularly are all in it and he was like nah i don't really do that you know not really a fancy football guy you know now we look five years later this guy is you know sunday ticket at his house every week uh he's in five or six leagues now and he's been the commissioner of a few leagues including a new salary cap dynasty league that he put together this season so my buddy bob um really got it done killed it this year as as the commissioner of a few leagues, but uh, the one league I was in, again, a salary cap dynasty league, was able to get owners there for a live draft, which is really cool and a format that most people haven't played in. He posted a weekly recap video every single week of the season as well. And just like you said, another good thing that makes Commissioner great is the payouts were on time. They were quick and uh, just did a phenomenal uh, job. So really put the pressure on me. I'm in a few a commissioner of a few leagues. And I'm like, you know, I would probably need to be doing a few more things like this you know, to keep people engaged as well. So I'm going to challenge myself to that this year, and, and he did a great job. So Bob is my commissioner of the year for 2018. All right, Jerry, tell us who uh, won your award for commissioner of the year. 100% copping out on this one. So aside from myself, because I do feel like <laughs> I am a good commissioner, um, I got two guys. One, I'm going to get to next, but LJ Chaney, he's the commissioner of my only Devi League, and that is just a job I would never want. I wouldn't wish it upon enemies. Just dealing with Devi and the drafts and all of that stuff, no thank you. And he he's always up on everything. Another one, this is another little cop-out. So I just joined a league. Um, I took over an orphan league. And, and this guy is one of the guys I'm talking to right now, Kyle. Is <laughs> Honestly, I, I get sent... In, into the spreadsheet for the dispersal draft. He hooks everybody up. We've got all the teams, all the players available. Every question I've had here. Here's here's my last question. Uh, when is the draft? Because I wanted to know. Because I hate. I hate when you have to wait until the preseason to do a rookie draft. It just bothers the hell out of me. I got the itch. I just want to scratch it. So I like to do it right after the NFL draft. It took this man less than one minute to respond to me. <laughs> so, Kyle, thank you, brother. I appreciate a good commissioner like yourself. Don't, don't look down on yourself. You are a good commissioner. I uh, mean, appreciate it. good, and uh, looking forward to have you in that league this year for sure. Well, that and and I also inherited an orphan team that is probably better than any team I've assembled. <laughs> so that is also another reason that helps, right? <laughs> yeah, I was a little upset. I couldn't throw my team back and get in because I'm in that league as well. But yes, Kyle, Kyle does do a good job as well, and same thing with votes and all that. So. What you're hearing is, is, A, don't be afraid to send your commissioner a text, a DM, whatever. Just saying thanks, man. 
or thanks woman, you're, you're doing a great job. We appreciate you because it's not easy. So I uh, wanted to do that. It's not all about the guys that play the game. Sometimes it's about those that make the game fun. So to Kyle and Jerry and Bob and John and all the great commissioners out there, thank you for what you do. Our next award is the one that I entitled Baby Come Back. That is the award that is going to the player injury that wrecked your 2018. Even made a little sound drop for him. Man, my, uh, my Baby Comeback Award is going to Cooper Cup. And I know Kyle is a big fan of this gentleman as well. He was averaging 16.9 PPR points a game before his ACL injury uh, that cut his year short. Uh, if, you, if you just sort games by player average, he's the 14th best of 2018. He finished just behind Stephon Diggs, who averaged 17.8, and T.Y. Hilton, that averaged 17 per game. And he was ahead of guys like Keenan Allen, 16.3, and his own two teammates, Robert Woods at 16.6 and Brandon Cooks at 15.2. This guy's at the top of everybody's buy list. So Cooper Cup wins my Baby Comeback Injury Derailment Award. I'm going to go to Jerry this time. Jerry, who, uh, who is your baby to come back? AJ Green, only because he broke my heart when he went out in week eight. You know, he was doing so good. Uh, and you thought you were getting vintage, A.J. Green. And then he went down, and then he came back in week 13. And you thought, okay, we're going to make a little run in the playoffs. You know, we've survived the three weeks he's been gone. And he got one catch for seven yards and then got put on the IR. And with Marvin Lewis gone, hopefully anybody, someone, go to Cincy. Make A.J. Green the stuff that he is. Make A.J. Green great again. I'm going to get a MAGA similar hat to A.J. Green. That'd be like MAGA, like a hard yeah, C. I, I mean, you know what? I second that. I'm not doing that. That's All too right. many. That's, that's too much on a hat. That is a lot on a hat. Cincinnati is a very long word. Kyle, who was, a, who was the player injury that derailed your 2018? Yeah, this is the uh, the joy of going third. Is uh, First on my list would, would have been Cooper Cup because I owned him everywhere i was talking about him this offseason a lot um but actually then i settled on aj green as well so i'm just going to reiterate um jerry's statement there aj green was somebody that i had on about five teams um i had one team that had cooper cup and aj green on it so it was tough to battle back when you're uh, looking for wide receivers man it was that one was tough but uh yeah losing both of those wide receivers were was uh was hard on fantasy owners as both these gentlemen just mentioned they were really having great seasons and went down uh, and weren't able to uh, to be there for you when needed most. AJ Green was probably the tougher one for me over Cup just because Cup was out and it was over. It's like, okay, let's move on here. But with Green, like Jerry mentioned, you had the chance that he was going to come back, be available. So, like, I had teams where I didn't really make a huge swing, you know, to add somebody else. I'm like, you know, I'm all right. I don't want to lose any other pieces here. I'm just going to wait it out, and I'll have Green for the playoffs. And that didn't happen. So, um, A.J. Green would have been mine. Well, funny you say that because I had A.J. Green and Cooper Cup in the Scott Fishbowl. So, I feel feel both of your pain. So, our next award is the Man Crush of the Year Award. This is the award that goes to our most owned player across any platform. And mine is Dante Pettis. G, our buddy G of the Aussie Guys podcast, turned me on to him back early in the summer. He was 
madly in love with this guy. And I could even go back a little bit before that. And Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio was also a big fan of this guy. I've got him now in eight out of nine leagues because I traded a share. Believe it or not, I actually broke down and moved a Dante Pettis share in a super flex league. But I'm pumped. One of the things that I look for when I'm drafting rookie wide receivers is the term technician, route runner, however someone puts that. Because in the, this modern-day NFL, you know, I, I don't need the deep threat. You know, quarterbacks are passing more than ever. And targets, you know, he'll, if you get open, the quarterback will give you targets, and targets equal points. So uh, Dante Pettis is a big fan. Is a, I'm a big fan of his. So, uh, Kyle, back to you. Who is your man crush? Who is your most owned player? And mine this season was Melvin Gordon. I uh, really loved uh, where you could get him in drafts, like for um, for redraft leagues. Uh, he was going, you know, in the first round, but he wasn't really considered in that top five. And that's where I had him. I had him at five among running backs. So I owned him on a ton of teams. I had him on six teams total, and he obviously put up huge numbers. Unfortunate that he had the injury question, you know, issues towards the end of the year, but um, 14 touchdowns was just a stud. Um, every single week he was out there. Um, before the injury, he had at least 14 fantasy points, even in standard scoring, every single week, and was awesome. So, um, you know, disappointing that he got nicked up towards the end of the year, but Melvin Gordon owned him everywhere and uh, brought a lot of victories to my squads this season. All right, Jerry, who was uh, your man crush of the 2018? Wow. I was James Conner. I mean, as I've said a thousand times on this podcast, I'm a huge Michigan State fan. So I took Le'Veon Bell in a lot of redraft leagues. And I'm a handcuff guy, so I took James Conner a bunch of leagues. So I really, you know, I mean, until he went down late, I never missed a beat. And in Dynasty Leagues in 2017, I took James Conner in the second round everywhere. I, I just liked the kid. And I have seen Le'Veon Bell run the ball 300 times a season every year since, you know, he was 19. So at some point something was going to happen. Now I didn't think the boy was going to sit out, but what can you do? Uh, James Conner, I owned him everywhere. I loved that he was good. It's one of those, you know, when you, you get your guy and he does good and you just, you, you feel justified in loving it. Somebody that, that was me and James Conner this year. So he is definitely my man crush of the year. All right. Well, uh, I feel bad for you because he's going to get you know beat out by Jalen Samuels, but that's a different topic for <laughs> you're high on high draft uh, nuts, Randy. See how see how I got him wound up, Kyle. It's it's, it's just that easy. Love it. Uh, let, let's move on to uh, an award that I created for myself because uh, I could I could name several guys, but we're all guilty of this, especially in dynasty formats, which is why you're here on the Dynasty Warzone. Is the I can't quit you award. And that goes to the player that we refuse to let go of hope for. And I, I could have named a couple. Luckily, one did me the favor of doing it to himself, and that was Josh Gordon. But I chose Devontae Parker as my I can't quit you award. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the fact that they spent a first-round pick on him in Miami. I don't know if it's just his size. Don't know what it is. But I cannot quit Devontae Parker, but I got one last shot at hope. It does not look like Miami is going to renew his contract for 2019, which means he should hit the free agent market. And he could actually do something if he were to land with an actual quarterback. Sorry, Ryan Tannehill, you're not an actual quarterback. And there's always wide receiver needy teams out there. Mike Colts come, come to mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Devontae Parker lining up outside. I mean, 
Andrew Luck's making things like Dontrell Inman and Zach Pascal and Ryan Grant look like wide receivers. What can he do with a guy who had an NFL first-round grade on him? So I can't quit Devontae Parker. Jerry, who can you not quit? You know, it's funny you said there could be a lot of guys in this spot because I have three guys written down. Uh, so uh, which one are we going to go with, Randy? We'll go, we'll go with Derrick Henry. I know he came on, but that's because he was getting the workload. But he 99-yard he, run for the history books aside, he was, he was never dominant. He was just getting the workload and he can, he can pound the ball. You know, his, his, I thought his limit was going to be the sky and that's just not the case. I mean, he looked good and he, you know, he saved face a little bit the last couple of weeks of this season, but uh, leading up to whatever week it was week 13 or 14 before he exploded, he was just dreadful. Not startable dropped in short bench redraft leagues. It was not good. He's a guy can't quit on, but yet halfway through the year, I started to, I started to waver. I had him in my flex of this trophy that is sitting next to me. I stubbornly left that man in his, in my flex for the first six or seven weeks and just getting four points every week, like a boob. And then right before the trade deadline, I got rid of him and then, you know, he explodes, but Luckily, Old Glory is next to me anyway, and so I tried to shoot myself in the foot on that, but luckily the fantasy gods would not let me. All right, I'm going to go to Kyle and, and figure out who he can't quit. And I know it, it should be Amir Abdullah. It's probably not. <laughs> but tell me who you cannot quit. He's a free agent, by the way. If you want to uh, yeah, kick him good. on the, you want to kick him on the back end of a uh, of a <laughs> dynasty squad. Hey, you know what? You might be able to pick him up and then flip him for like a fourth or a fifth. You never know. Yeah, anyway. he's, if he's unemployed right now, maybe I can get him as like a an intern on the oh, podcast. Oh, or something. Oh, oh, oh. D- 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 don't get ahead of ourselves. Who can you not quit? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a guy that I I think finally fate will force me to quit this man, um, and that's Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I made I'll just come right out and say it. I made a trade with. Uh, with Memphis in that dice league that we were talking about earlier, I felt like I was one piece away, right? So I'm going to, with my first round pick, that ain't worth anything. That's the 1.12 if I ever saw it, right? Because I got the championship squad. So I made the move, traded a first rounder for Gronk to go win a championship. That one didn't work out. Owned him on a few other teams, traded for him um, in a league where I felt like I could, uh, a redraft league that I just needed a tight end, and he throws up a donut in my championship matchup. It was a fun ride um, for sure. I was able to sell him in one dynasty league that I had him in um, to get, you know, some draft capital, but he was just a guy that over the course of his career, I've, I think I've, I don't know if I've ever really drafted him, but I've traded for him more than any player ever. Um, so it was fun while it lasted and, you know, hopefully I can just stop doing this to myself. <laughs> uh, we've all been there. I mean, it's hard not to love Gronk, but we think about it. I think he's been in the league nine years. And he's been excellent in Dynasty for probably, all, at least of the nine, the ones that he's played. So maybe mm-hmm. like six and a half-ish. But when, when he's on the field, he had always been great. But you're right, it's time to let go of Gronk. And I just inherited a share in an orphan that I pick up. So um, we're going to move on to our next award. This next award is entitled the Future UPS Man Award. And that's nothing. That's not to disparage the UPS man and woman out there. You, uh, you do a good thing. You bring all those wonderful packages before Christmas. Everybody's excited to see the big brown truck. 
if UPS wants to sponsor this podcast, we would love you even more. But uh, we say this because this is the guy, the player, that was either a top 24 wide receiver or a top 24 running back in 2018 that will fall back into obscurity next year. And my pick was Philip Lindsay. I believe that he finished right on the borderline between 12 and 13 in PPR scoring, and I just don't see it. I, I know he had a great year, and, I, and you're hearing a lot of sell Philip Lindsay everywhere. And the reason why you're hearing that is it's, it's just not sustainable. First of all, he's not a very big guy. He's five foot nine, weighs about a buck eighty-five. You know, add into the fact that the Broncos invested the seventy-first overall pick in Royce Freeman, the head coach that made him and the offensive coordinator that made him relevant will not be in Denver next year. And it's going to be an open competition for him and Royce Freeman. So I'm a big buyer of Royce Freeman, but I think you had a great year out of Philip Lindsay this year. You need to sell him for all that you can, in my opinion. And uh, he is my future UPS driver. I think he'll be doing that in about two years. Kyle, who is your uh, future truck driver of the year award? This one to me was pretty was one of the easier ones to come up with because I'm looking at the top 24 at each position and I'm just like yeah you know okay and then uh, just the name popped out to me and that was running back 14 in PPR formats this season and that was Kenyon Drake uh, Drake was somebody that I was high on at the beginning of the year I felt like he could finally get the workload I loved how he finished out 20, uh, 2017 and he'd get the opportunities right because all they have is old man Frank Gore. He couldn't even beat out Frank Gore for the attempts, but he ended up with nine touchdowns um, and 53 receptions. So that'll make you a top 24 running back, uh, just like Philip Lindsay. Uh, Drake's coaching staff will not be there next year, as Adam Gase has been let go. So I think this is uh, this is just the the highest point of Kenyon Drake's career, in my opinion, uh, and we won't be hearing much from him uh, going forward. Well, I don't know who's worse, Kenyon Drake or Drake the rapper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> at me on Twitter, at DFF Memphis, because he's terrible. I, I kick it back to the old school, people like Ice Cube. So, Tupac. But anyway, Jerry, who is your uh, top guy that's going to slide back into obscurity and be uh, delivering Christmas packages this time next year? If someone asks you about Drake being terrible, you go ahead and tag me, because I'll come right back at him, too. Wu-Tang for life. But Marlon Mack, I'm... I'm not falling for it. My eyeballs told me I didn't like him. And then he got hurt. And then he stayed hurt this year. Now, he did good. He he had, what was it, four 100-yard four games, which is good. He had to get at least 25 carries to get those in three of the four. He got some touchdowns. He did okay. He did better than I thought he would. I don't think he's the guy of the future. I don't. I really think they'll either sign Le'Veon or Tevin Coleman or they'll draft somebody. I just I don't see Marlon Mack being the guy that's going to be helping you win fantasy championships for two, three years. He's one of those guys that he helps you and you're super thrilled about it in your flex. And then he just goes to obscurity, which is exactly what this category is about. Marlon Mack, your owners appreciated you in 2018. Sayonara, big homie. Uh, I like that because I'm a Colts fan. And on a dynasty side note, if the Colts invest early draft capital, let's say they have two seconds, uh, let's say they invest one of those two seconds or a third into a running back, how does it matter who? You can say David Montgomery, whoever, I don't care. But let's say they, they do that. They invest in a running back early in the draft. 
How high does that running back go in rookie draft, Jerry? In middle of the first. doesn't matter who they are. Kyle? Uh, top three. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think this Colts offense, and um, I don't remember the executive, but uh, they were saying that if you're going to beat the Colts, you better beat them this year because they're $100 million under the cap. They've got nine draft picks in this upcoming draft. they got a GM who's hitting the cover off of the ball in Chris Ballard. So uh, enough about my Colts. I could segue all day into them. This next award is, a, I like to call it the Shine Bright Like a Diamond Award. This is the young guy that showed a ton of promise in 2018. And by young guy, I limited it to the first two years of their career. I chose Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. I think this is another offense, much like I was just uh, you know, mentioning my Colts there. I think this Cleveland offense, especially the running game, is one that you want to get a piece of. Now, I, I know everybody likes Baker. I continue to try to be the voice of reason on Baker in the dynasty landscape. But this offense is going to be ground-based. I, I really believe that because outside of Big Ben, and even Big Ben's been streaky home and road splits, etc., there's not really been an AFC North quarterback that has been consistently good. I know people are going to come back, well, we haven't had Baker. I agree. I agree 100%. But I think Nick Chubb, especially if they were to land like a Bruce Arians type that really involves the running back in the passing game, love me some Nick Chubb. Uh, Big, big fan. So, Jerry, who is your uh, rising star, your, uh, your Shine Bright Like a Diamond award winner for 2018? I went with Chris Godwin. I talked about him a little earlier. He just, you know, that's another guy that I was just not super sold on, and everybody loved him after his big blow-up against uh, Adoree Jackson in the Rose Bowl, and I just didn't see it. I was not a huge fan. So wrong. So unbelievably wrong. The guy's just good. And, you know, I was worried that he was never going to see the looks because Mike Evans is there. He's still making a name for himself, whether Mike Evans is across from him or not. So I, I like what I've seen from Chris Godwin. He's proven me wrong. And I think 2019 is really going to be a big year, especially with Dirk Cutter gone. You know, they start slinging that rock around, and Jameis likes to sling that rock around. Chris Godwin's definitely going to find some pay dirt quite a bit slanging that rock that usually gets you a little bit of prison time but a uh, d- d- different topic for a different day kyle who is your uh shine bright like a diamond yeah i, I like the i like the godwin uh the, the godwin selection there uh, i traded i made a deal uh, in a dynasty league about halfway through the season i traded a first uh my first pick which was going to be ended up being like the one one point zero eight and Chris Godwin for Odell Beckham Jr. And at the time, like, oh, man, I just stole this. I got Odell Beckham Jr. Ever since then, it's been nothing but craptastic times as the Odell Beckham Jr. owner. So luckily, I was able to recoup a first back. But now I'm sitting there like, oh, what do I do with this guy? So Godwin's definitely interesting, man. But my uh, my player for this one was uh, Lamar Jackson. And it's just because, especially in four-point per passing touchdown leagues, the rushing is just unbelievable what it can do for a quarterback. We saw this with Jackson and Josh Allen, but they didn't have to throw the ball at all. He only had one game uh, over 180 passing yards uh, in his stint as the starter, but he he didn't have any games under. Uh, he had 15.9 fantasy points in his first start in Cincinnati week 11. Other than that, just consistent every single week due to the rushing. And uh, I think he can be a difference maker. He's going to be somebody that does carry some hype. 
just because of how he plays and being a first round pick and everything. But I think next year in, you know, in redraft leagues or keeper leagues, he's going to be low enough um, that I like taking the shot on him and, and having that difference maker on my roster. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. All right. Well, you cut my Josh Allen joke out of there when you mentioned him. I was going to say you mispronounced Josh Allen, but Lamar Jackson's going to be a, a, a You know, he does not get enough credit because he can throw the ball. His accuracy has not been great, but he came from a pretty decent offense, and, and he learned under Bobby Petrino, which what everything about Bobby Tr- Petrino is not either here nor there, but he did coach in the NFL, and I, I think you'll see continue to see growth out of uh, Lamar Jackson. That's a good call. So we have two awards left. This one here is my favorite, and it's a, it's a bit of a segue. So, again, this is the first show of our 2019 season. Uh, one thing that we're going to do a little bit more of is make sure that we're covering Dynasty trades every show. It may be one. We may do a whole trade show. Um, we don't really want to infringe on our uh, sister podcast, the Dynasty Trades HQ with Shane and Sipes and, and Jeremy the Madman, but... People love talking trades, and I love talking trades. And if you're in a league with me, which Jerry is now, and, and the listeners soon will be, and Kyle is, they know I love a good trade. Does that sound accurate, Kyle? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, it does. So, uh, And this orphan, I, I mentioned the orphan. So my heist of the year, it's just simply the best trade that I've made of 2018, uh, and it barely fell in the calendar of 2018, was in this orphan, I, I did inherit an orphan with Saquon Barkley. Had an owner who shall remain nameless. We, 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 we protect those around these parts. And, and he was really on me about Saquon. He's like, I'm in a bunch of leagues. I don't have any Barkley. We went back and forth. This literally started at 10 a.m. and it took until just after midnight to get this deal closed. But I sent this gentleman Saquon Barkley. And in return, I got Darius Geis, which is my first Darius Geis share. So I'm pretty excited about that. Darius Geis, Tyreek Hill, the 2019 what will be the 1.07, and the 2019 2.03. Now, I, I think it's fair if if Darius Geis does nothing. If he, if he never plays another down, I'm fine with Tyreek, the, the 107, the 203. But if Darius Geis is as good as everyone says he is, especially John Sheps, then I will have hit the cover off of the ball with this particular trade. So uh, that was my heist of the year. Jerry, what was your best trade of 2018? Not even in the same ballpark as that. I was, uh, I saw this earlier, and I was like, I know he's going to go first, and I'm going to have to follow that. That is, that is not a heist. That is a full Red Dead Redemption train robbery. Two eleven in progress. We call that a two eleven in progress. It's a robbery <laughs> in progress. God, there's a murder too. There's a one eight seven involved in that one too. But mine was mine's an IDP league, and it was Chandler Jones and a third round pick. Chandler Jones. This was before this season, coming off a 17-sack season. And I got George Kittle and a second. So Chandler Jones and a third oh for George Kittle and a second. So I was pretty happy about that one, to say the least. I, I So in this trade I mentioned, I was trying to get Kittle thrown in there. And that, that was the player this, this owner was adamant about. He's like, you're not getting Kittle. If you get Kittle at any trade right now, you are doing the Lord's work. That's great work, sir. Kyle. Listen, and I got the better pick. That that was what because I I went scouring my dynasty leagues to look at all the trades I did, and I came across that one. And I was like, oh yeah, that's daddy's. That, that's a beaut. Anything with Kittle. The the only my, my worst trade of the year involved trading Kittle. I just think he's going to be 
in, in, in a position that's absolutely a struggle for everyone. Uh, he's a great get. So, but Kyle, before you tell us ours, you're our redraft specialist. You're our redraft brother. You and you and Seth. What round would you anticipate drafting Kittle in before you tell us your uh, your heist of the year, your trade of the year? Yeah, he's going to be interesting because the way the tight end position this year went down was just incredible. The difference between the guys at the top um, and even, you know, the 10th best tight end. I, I believe uh, we mentioned it on our Fantasy Feud show uh, that Trey Burton ended up being like tight end eight or whatever on the year um, in standard scoring. It was just unbelievable how bad the position was. Um, but regardless, I would take Kittle. I'm probably going to take him at the end of the second round. Um next year just knowing what advantage what an advantage he gives you um at that position and so between kelsey Ertz, and and uh and kittle it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, but I, right now i'm i'm saying end of the second round all right and then what was your best trade of 2018 yeah and mine was uh this was early on in the season and it was actually on the same squad that i had lost um cooper cup and AJ Green after this trade went down, but um, in a dynasty league, uh, it's, it was half point PPR, and I had pretty good running backs. I felt like so I was able to move uh, Philip Lindsay, who I got off the wire, and TJ Yeldon, along with a 2019 second, which ended up being the 211, and I got Antonio Brown um, in that move, and I felt real damn good about that because I, you know, AB has obviously been a stud. We talked about his numbers, um, and that obviously hindsight they're losing two huge wide receivers from that squad. If I didn't make that move, I was probably going to be in some trouble there at the wide receiver position, having to start three in that league. So uh, obviously, you know, Lindsay had a good year and everything um, and, and had to give up that second, but AB definitely was a difference maker for my squad. Got me to the championship game. I fell just short, less than two points of that championship. So uh -huh. um, man, it was, it was difficult to see that one slip away. That was by far my best team. I thought, um, out of any of my rosters, but uh, getting AB was a lot of fun. Hadn't really owned him before, so that was my favorite trade of the year. Well, that's good work. Anytime that you can get that brand name for a couple of up-and-comers and, and a mediocre pick, that's a very good trade. So uh, one last award, and then we're going to wrap this one up and send it home. But just want to thank all of you guys. This last award is the Fantasy MVP, and in all sincerity, you, the listeners, are the MVP. You guys are the reason why Jerry and I do this, and I'll, I'll speak for Kyle and Seth, and the, you're the reason why they do their podcast. And if you're not listening, listen to the fellows, because I'm, I'm a shameless plug machine. That's what I do. But we really appreciate you. I had a gentleman, uh, I didn't plan on doing this, but he, sent, he shared a, a picture with me in a tweet, you know, thanking me for helping him in his big money league. And, and you know what? That makes everything that we do the uh, the work, the the research, the things that we do, that's why I do it. And I'll speak for Jerry, Seth, and Kyle. I think that's why you guys do it. Is that fair? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let, let's get to the uh, the MVP. And as they say, when you're the best, the cream did rise to the top. And my fantasy MVP was a guy that I was dead wrong about. You'll hear more about why I was wrong next week. That was Christian McCaffrey, your RB1 overall in all of fantasy football. He edged out Saquon Barkley by two-tenths of a point in decimal scoring. If you go a whole point, I guess technically they tied with 386 PPR points, and the man didn't even really play the majority of the last game. He did it with a backup quarterback. 
last week, this week, and maybe even the week before. Just an absolute gold mine for your fantasy squad. I don't know how repeatable that is for 2019. His head coach, Ron Rivera, has already come out and said that we want to limit his touches. We see how valuable this guy is. And actions speak louder than words. He said that after he limited his touches in a meaningless game. So I don't know that the volume will be there, but he's going to be an uber-safe RB1 for years to come. And here's the thing. You can run your race car real hot for you know a very short amount of time before you have to replace it, but if you take good care of it and don't burn it out, it'll last you a much longer time. So he may not be that 25, 26-point-a-game player that he was this year, but I'd much rather have a guy for the next five or six years on my dynasty squad getting me 21, 22 points a game in PPR. So Christian McCaffrey, you are my fantasy MVP of the year. Uh, Jerry, who was your fantasy MVP of the year? I went a little different with this one because those guys like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon and Gurley, I went with the dude that never let you down. Not a single game throughout the entire 2018 season. Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Packers. If you play in a PPR league, he never got you less than 16 points. I... Uh, what more can you want out of a fantasy asset? If you play in standard, and I do, I like standard. I know Kyle likes standard. Yes, sir. It's He got you at least eight points. I, I mean, as a standard wide receiver, eight points is, as a baseline, y- give me that every time. Devontae Adams, he's one of the reasons I got this trophy sitting next to me. Bless that man's heart. Thank you for the championship. You, sir, are my fantasy MVP. All right, Kyle, give us uh, your fantasy MVP, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, and this one, uh, I was considering both the gentleman that you already mentioned as well, um, but I'm going to go to a position that usually I don't think a fantasy MVP should come from, but I, I think he'll be not only the fantasy MVP, but the NFL MVP as well, and that's it's, I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he was just insane uh, this season, going over 5,000 yards, 50 touchdown passes, and the reason that he was my fantasy MVP was not just because he was going, you know, in the 12th, 13th round in redraft leagues, you know, it was just buried um, in ADP, but he was a huge big time difference maker at the position this year, uh, four points per game more than the number two quarterback on the year, Matt Ryan. And that's a pretty big gap when you're talking about, you're going in there regard against any team. And at minimum, you're getting four more points than any other quarterback. That's big time. And Mahomes was just a beast this season. Uh, really fun to watch. Obviously, this kid is a star. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Patty Mahomes, man. He was he was big time this year and loved watching him sling it. Yeah. He, he, in, in, in normally, yeah I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, nor, normally in a one QB league, the MVP would not be a quarterback. But, I mean, he's the second guy in the history of the NFL to have 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. The other guy's name, Peyton Manning, maybe you've heard of him. He was pretty good at football himself. So that is our 2018 wrap-up obligatory award show here at the Dynasty War Zone. So before I, I guess, actually bring this home, bring this home, I'm going to give it back to Kyle one more time. Tell us about your podcast, tell us about your partner, and tell us about this uh, free contest that everybody can jump in with you. Yes, sir. So again, the fantasy football fellas dropping twice a week throughout the entire offseason. Again, we talk all things fantasy football um, throughout the entire year. So it drops Tuesday and Thursday. So subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at the FF fellas. 
You can find my co-host Seth and myself on Twitter. It's super simple at Seth FF fellas and at Kyle FF fellas. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. So hit us up with any questions, all things, fantasy football. We do it all, man. We actually play in more dynasty leagues than redraft leagues now. Um, so we love dynasty questions and, uh, and those types of scenarios. So again, if you want to get in on the free playoff contest, uh, just head over to our website, the fantasy Just plug your email in there and we'll get you an invite before the playoffs kick off again. Uh, set a lineup every single week. Can only use the player once and the winner We'll get a free fantasy football fellas t-shirt. So it's been awesome uh, being on with you guys. Look forward to uh, with you gentlemen more um, through this 2019 year uh, and always enjoy talking football with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. And, and thank you for providing a free contest for not only your listeners, but now our listeners to jump into. Cause I'm not a big fan of playoff DFS. I feel like you're, you're chasing the same six, eight guys. Everybody is every week. So Thank you again for that. Jerry, what uh, words of wisdom, because as always, you are the man of the hour, the man with the power. What do you got for these people on the way home? You know, nothing. I think you guys hit it all on the head. I hope the fantasy gods treated you all well with championships. If not, I hope your rivals lost in debilitating and horrible ways, because that's just as enjoyable. Um, That's it, you know. I, this is always so fun. It's good to talk with Kyle again. We just did on the Aussie guys a couple weeks ago. You know, love talking football. Love talking with you guys. Cannot wait to continue doing it 52 weeks of the year. It doesn't matter if they're playing football or not. We're talking football. That's right. That is uh, our job as the podcast host is to help you win your leagues and help you have fun and put a smile on your face. Again, whether you're driving that truck, whether you're in your cubicle at your office, whether you're on your way or way home from work, we appreciate you tuning in. Again, all you Listener League uh, members, you will be contacted by this weekend, and uh, you will have uh, more information, all that you need to be in the league. And this is just week one, and we're going to have both Seth and Kyle back on next week to talk about our biggest hits and misses of the year. But, guys, I am already uh, burning up the DMs everywhere. I am going to have, and Jerry's going to have, a guest list that will rival any Dynasty podcast out there. We're going to have some huge names in the industry helping you get ready for the NFL Combine, helping you get ready for the NFL Draft, for your rookie drafts. We're going to have mock drafts. We're going to be doing so much stuff and so much content in 2019. So on behalf of Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis. And we will see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening, guys.